Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This episode is brought to you by Shit You Should Care About and our new Cisco supporters. Head to the show notes to start supporting the media you love and the podcast hosts you love. everyone welcome back to culture vulture as always you're joined with Liv. Liv, how the hell are you hi lucy i am good i'm good i'm i'm tired but i am ready to go yeah i'm excited for this chat same we are talking about conversations with friends we're having a conversation with our friends all of yeah, you with our one friend with our one friend <laughs> oh yeah you're also joined by lucy but you're oh yeah <laughs> that's fine we're not professionals um, Liv, I'm really excited to talk about this because I feel like we do have notes. Oh, we definitely had notes. I mean, we've had notes for years. Yeah, about conversations with friends. Yeah, and it's very interesting now that it's on screen and all the differences between the book and the TV show. Yeah. And kind of unpacking everything that's going on there. But first, Luce, how's your week? Week was good. Or what describes it, um, I say? Well, that's actually good that you asked me how was my week because mm. I didn't really have like a single thing, definitely not a cultural reference that described no, my week. No, neither. Like today, I've given up on that. No, I know. Right. Like it's truly just a vibe. So last week felt for me like a mix between wholesome and really proud. Uh-huh. So like I did a few speaking events, which I always love because then I get to actually meet the people that I feel like I'm talking oh, how to. How was Wellington? Time. Yeah, great. Like, did a did a chat at the uni. Or at old uni. At old uni. That's always my favourite place That's to actually talk. fucking cute. Because that's where we literally stuck posters around oh, the school. it's so nostalgic. Like, every yeah. time I go into the hub, I'm just no. like, oh. I know. I feel so, warm and fuzzy. So did that. Felt really wholesome. And then, fast forward to the end of the week, we were nominated for a fucking Voyager Award. Yeah. Which is like... One of the goals for a media, I reckon a media company, just for anyone that wants to be like legitimized, recognized, yeah. I mean, you don't need an award to do that. But I was genuinely shocked. No. Like reading all of the names and it's like, you know, the top five media companies in New Zealand over and over and over again. Yeah. And then there's Lucy Blackston. <laughs> Shit you should care about. And I just like, I was shaking because I feel like this is just us doing it for the little indie media companies, eh? Like. Yeah. Fuck it's yeah. just, but it's just crazy that we just done this as like a blog. Like, no, what the fuck? It was, and like we still just do it because we love it. No, I mean, I now we're lucky because it's our jobs. But seeing that, I don't know. It felt different to any other like award or whatever that. And just the fact we didn't know anyone in media, no, at all. No, like we're we from didn't. Blenheim. We're from Blenheim, like. And parents are not in that world at no. all. Like, I it's mean, just we should give a shout out to Duncan and <laughs> oh, the yeah. spin-off. Yeah. We didn't know anyone in media. Duncan has literally held my hand in this until entire Lucy way. started working the spin-off and then basically he made this whole thing happen. <laughs> so funny. So, like, But the thing is, it's like, yeah, when we started it, yeah, up we until were then. studying, like, what are we doing? Just doing it for fun. Didn't think it was that interesting to put, like, info on Instagram. I know. Anyway, like, not to get real earnest, but sometimes it's hard to feel proud of things and New Zealand has like real issues with tall poppy syndrome so for this one I have been like I want to celebrate it I think it's fucking cool mm-hmm. I love this thing love doing it with you the listeners and Ruby and Liv like it's just the dream 
On that, another kind of wholesome, proud thing is that we launched, we've been like drip feeding some things for Cisco supporters lately. And we, so we've given like a book recommendation list that if you're a supporter, everyone gets um, access to that. And I don't think we spoke about it on Culture Vulture, but like that is so wholesome. Like if you sign up, you get a list of all the books. And it's a big list. It's a huge list. It's like, I guess... It's a very, like, certain realm of book, I feel, because we're all kind of obviously in the same echo chamber. We kind of read the same things as each other, but it is quite an extensive list. I mean, and it's also, like, the books that I've definitely written about ones that I didn't like and wouldn't repurchase, which which I find is helpful. It's so helpful. Yeah. And so, and we always update it. Like, when we read new things, we're going to be updating it. So you should come to us for that. And everyone has been loving that, and it's been so cute. Next thing, we launched playlists, which I teased at the end. I'm obsessed with the playlists. I've been listening to yours and Ruby's. No, I have been listening to all of ours. I've got them yeah. all downloaded, and I see that, like, 200 other people have got all of ours, yes. like, saved. And I'm so like, cute. So if you're a monthly or an annual supporter, then you also get access to, like, our curated playlists. And it's so wholesome to see everyone, like, replying about how they feel about the songs like yeah. it's quite intimate are you just changing it whenever you feel like are you just kind of like you hear a new song you chuck it oh, on I'm just adding yeah. to it cool like, it's not like a, on the week I'm changing it sort of no thing. it's no. like anytime I hear a new song right. okay pop, that's, that's how I like a it new to one. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that's that's our whole vibe eh? just doing shit when yeah, we want how we yeah. want authentically Authentically, <laughs> transparently with y'all um, so wholesome proud happy vibes love this because supporters live what describes your example mine is genuinely just food Oh, go Food. on. Same, actually. Oh, honestly, I went to Wellington for the weekend and on Saturday went out for breakfast and then, like, finished eating breakfast at, like, 12. Yeah. Like, brunch. brunch. <laughs> and then I had a lunch for one. Yeah. Oh. So then I get to lunch. At least my brother's like 45 minutes late, so I get to oh, sit there. <laughs> yeah, thank God. <laughs> At least he's late. Thank God his golf just pushed him back. Um, but, yeah, so I just I got to kind of digest. And then I went out for dinner. No, I know. And it was just all phenomenal. I was going to say, it does, because I had my little brother here, so we did a similar thing. We ate out every meal, mm. right? And it does get to a point where oh, it stops being enjoyable. It's too much. I had to go back to my friend's house and have like a three-hour nap no, in not. between the lunch and dinner because it's just too much it's for my body too to much. handle. Mm-hmm. And then, because Liv and I are like... We love to spend money on things we like. And sometimes food is a thing that I yeah. love. If it's social and stuff, I love spending money on food or an experience. But when you've done it too much, it just feels like I'm throwing my money down the drain. Oh, for sure. I know that there are people out there that that is what they, like the sole yes. purpose of like, you know, why they basically earn their money besides living in mm-hmm. rent. But yeah, for me, like I'm definitely, I'm bordering on a foodie, but I'm not mm. like willing to, yeah, go mm. out for like an $80 meal or whatever. But, I am, I, once yeah. in a blue moon. Such a, love the experience. Such a foodie. I'd say Ruby is also oh, ultimate, just yeah, ultimate foodie. Um, well, great. I mean, we love your weekend being. I mean, we love your week being described by Kai because we all need that oh, to absolutely. keep us going. Um, I have a really kind of look. It's not the best naughty or nice I've ever brought to the table. <laughs> Look, we've had a busy week. No, we have we got nominated for the Voyages. So. Honestly, we've had <laughs> we're taking a step back. Yeah, for fucking editorial leadership. And what am I doing right now? <laughs> is leading us into a fucking hole. <laughs> Look, not my best, but not my best. I've but... been acknowledged, so <laughs> we've already got the acknowledgement. We're already up there. Like we can give up now. So my first one, and this is kind of interesting. Um, I feel like I've set this up really badly. Maybe you'll, you'll be interested. Um, Winnie the Pooh is being turned into like a thrasher <laughs> movie. No way. What? 
more, 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 more. Okay. Okay. So Winnie the Pooh is being turned into a slasher, like, horror film. Okay. It's called Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Oh, okay. now That's actually quite a good title. Yeah. The reason I bring this up is because I spoke about this, like, earlier in the year, in the newsletter. Mm-hmm. And basically, every few years, certain things go onto the public domain for copyright use. And Winnie the Pooh, this year, became free to use, like, copyright. You can is use it. Is that because whoever created it? died um yeah i think it's because they died or because like you can only copyright copyright things in the states for so long right and so every year there'll be like a new list of things that have like that are like free to use which is really i can you just find this list on the internet yes oh my god yeah you could it's so interesting um so winnie the pooh is one of those things and someone has already taken it taken it and like written and co-produced a film about winnie the pooh but it's like Horror vibes. Is this like animated? Yeah. Or it's like, no, it's like, um, or is it like Christopher Robin? Yeah, it's like a cross, I think. Well, there's right. not actually like a free to ear trailer or anything. So there's just like sort of stills. So it's okay. hard for me to give you too much info on the actual treatment of the film. <laughs> the actual animation of the film. I can tell <laughs> you what it's about. Um, it is about Pooh and Piglet, who are the main villains, and they're going on a rampage after being abandoned by a college-bound Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin is pulled away from them, and he's not giving them food, so it's made Pooh and Piglet's life quite difficult. Because they've had to fend for themselves so much, they've essentially become feral, the director <laughs> says. So they've gone back to their animal roots. They're no longer tame. They're like vicious they're like a vicious bear and pig who want to go around and try and find prey. So it's all about the <laughs> so we're undomesticating back. of animals. <laughs> it's all about them connecting to their roots, going feral and killing a few people on the way. God, okay. So naughty or nice live. Oh. It's on you. Oh, it's on me. It's always nice to get I back to your roots. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice to yeah, be in touch with who you were once. You know, it's not nice if people are taking um, Winnie the Pooh's good name and dragging well, it through the mud. this is the thing. I think it's only going to be nice if it's actually well done. I don't think it will be. Because I think it this sounds is a, a race. Shit. I think this is a race for, to be the first person to take the copyright, see whatever they can, like, spit out. And, like, Winnie the Pooh is all about, like, childhood nostalgia yeah. making you feel good, like, life lessons. Like, I've already, I don't need it. And weren't there those theories that all the animals in Winnie the Pooh were representative of different, of different mental, mental health, health disorders? Yeah, I don't know how true that is, but yeah. I would like to actually look into that. But it's also, no matter if it was true from A.A. Milne's perspective, it's kind of a cute thing to have yeah. put onto it, like... Eeyore being depressed. Like the personification of... Yeah, yeah. like if you need to. Eeyore was definitely depressed. Yeah. And Tigger definitely had ADHD. Yeah. And then which one had anxiety? Piglet? Piglet? Oh, Piglet's so cute. What was Rabbit? Rabbit was lucky dominating. Maybe OCD. Anyway, um, obviously don't get your diagnoses from us or from TikTok. but um, Or from Winnie the Pooh. That's a really interesting combo we've just had, maybe. Maybe it wasn't. The next thing, Matthew Morrison, you know, Mr. Shoe from Glee, oh. creepazoid.com. Yes, I didn't know him by first name basis. But, so, or real name basis. He's so sort of creepy and glee. Anyway, <laughs> he will no longer be a so you think he can dance judge after he failed to follow competition production protocols. 
So the former Glee star was re- apparently really excited to become a judge on So You Think You Can Dance. Jojo Siwa is also a judge. What So You Think You Can Dance again? It's like an American version of, not of Dancing with the Stars, but, but like an American like dance kind of, okay, yeah, yeah. TV show. So he said that it was an incredible honour for him. Therefore, it is his deepest regret to inform everyone that he'll be leaving the show. After filming the audition rounds for the show and completing and the selection of the 12 finalists, I did not follow competition production protocols, preventing me from being able to judge the competition fairly. (laughs) Do they go into what protocols they didn't abide by? That's the thing, is he has to say, I didn't do, I didn't follow the rules, but they don't say the rules, and he's still going to appear in the first four episodes without choosing the people, and then then he's just going to disappear. (laughs) Because they don't have the budget to redo it. That's so funny, though. Like, well, unless the production protocols that he... Like, in my head, it's like, oh, he didn't wear a mask or he wasn't vaccinated or something. But then it could be something way more serious. I was thinking, like, maybe he, like, rigged it. Well, maybe he did rig it. Or maybe he, like, tried to get in on the dancing. Like, he (laughs) didn't glee. I'm sorry, but... If you he go just on YouTube, leaves his judges seat, <laughs> pushes them out of the way. <laughs> no, this is how you do a plie. <laughs> Sorry, but you could look up compilations of Glee on YouTube, yeah. like one hour long Will Schuster being creepy. I know, and, and then his relationship with what was the girl with the big eyes? Yes. Mm. Now, if we're talking about OCD, she actually did. No, have she OCD. did. Yeah, yeah. Wonder if that was a good representation of it for the media, or whether <gasps> it was. I mean, I it would have been know. good for its time. It I was, was too young. Probably would have been good for its time, but maybe it would be a little bit over um, exaggerated. Yeah. Maybe. Anyway, uh, I'm not going to go and rewatch. <laughs> Again, to something to look double into. Double check that because it's Glee, and I just can't be looking at Will Shu doing the splits. All of these things from the past and mental illness. <laughs> I know. Just up for absolutely no reason. <laughs> oh my god, that's going to describe our week next week. <laughs> Um, and then my th- oh, so is that naughty or not? Well, that's naughty. Oh, that's very naughty. And we don't know what happened. Anyway, third one, very short. Courtney, Courtney, Courtney. Cornucopia. <laughs> Corn on the cob. <laughs> Corn on the cob. Custody. <laughs> custody. Corn on the cob. Custody. Kardashian. Corn on the cob. No, Courtney Kardashian got well. Courtney Barker now maybe. Courtney Kardashian got married again. Mm. So that's um, she already got married once, kind of low key. Then she got married again in Italy. Huge deal. Yes. Looked like the whole thing was sponsored by Dolce & Gabbana. Yeah, heard Shameless called it tacky. Oh, did they? Mm. God, couldn't be me. Using those big words. <laughs> <laughs> Kim actually looked amazing. Courtney, um, interesting short dress. I guess it's having a moment or she wants yeah, it Yeah, in the veil. Yeah, and I'm kind of like, just come do what you want. Um, so that was his second wedding. And Yeah, I'm just not... Um, What's the word? I'm not invested enough. I'm not really invested either. I have been loving the new season on Hulu, but that's only because I'm nosy and I love to like same. I'm and I love reality TV. Same, and I'm seeing so much product placement that I wouldn't have noticed before getting into the job we do. And like just like unpacking it, like keeping up with the Kardashians versus the Kardashians, yes. and kind of like it's not as intimate. They're much more, I don't know, glazed, I, yes, glossy. They are more glossy, and Chloe's really showing her like. Uh, like great sisterly advice vibes. Mm. Like Chloe is smashing it in this. She is, except and for actually, Tristan, but that's right. Well, that hasn't happened yet. In I real haven't life. watched the latest episode. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. like in real in the show, he yeah. hadn't done the no, true, what, true, second true. or third or fourth or fifth cheating. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, that's girl. nice for them. Courtney seems really happy. She seems like she's really embracing herself. Yeah. So just go off. Anyway. We're going to continue having a conversation with our friends about conversations with friends after a little word from our sponsors. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So here is an ad for us by us. I want to have a super quick chat to you all about Siska supporters. This is the new way that you can support what we do here at Shit You Should Care About. Because right now we're in a studio which costs money to hire with an audio engineer who we've got to pay and every week we're researching, scripting and hosting this thing for you all which takes time, resources and it costs money. You'll also notice that we're using valuable advertising space here Space which we often leave empty because we want to make sure that we're only partnering with the best and most vibey people. So for all of these reasons, we need your support to keep doing what we do. So please, if you have $1 or if you have $100, consider becoming a Cisco supporter so that we can keep doing this for you. The link is in the show notes. We love you so much. Bye. All right, Lucy, I'm here to have a conversation with you. Same. I'm actually really excited because I've got no idea what's going to come out. Oh, no, to be honest, same. I was listening to another podcast about uh-huh. conversations with friends this morning and I was kind of disagreeing with what they oh, were I saying. I love it when you do that. Same, because I was like, my takes aren't the same as yours. Mm-hmm. But what also, um, Obsessed, the BBC one. Oh, I haven't listened. Yeah, I didn't finish it, but interesting. Yeah. Like, good podcasters, yeah. but yeah. Anyway, what were your thoughts what were your overarching opinions on the TV adaptation right. of Conversations with Friends? I mean, great leading question. I will say that this is my favourite Sally Rooney book, so I had high hopes because of the tension that was created in the book, the sexual mm-hmm. tension. That, for me, didn't... The friendship tension and the sexual tension didn't translate into the screen adaptation. And Liv... You actually made a really good point, which then I saw reflected in a lot of reviews, was that it was written in first person. Mm. So we were in Frances's head. Mm -hmm. When we're watching it on the screen, we're not in her head. A hundred percent. And that is the biggest barrier in this TV show. And they just didn't, they didn't figure out a way to portray her internal monologue. Yes. And in saying that, Mm-hmm. I still loved watching it. Like, I would still yeah. sit down. I was excited to watch it. Same. I, like, binged it in yeah. two nights. So it's like, I can't sit here and be like, it was shit. Because it wasn't shit. No, it was not shit. No, not at all. I thought the acting was really good. I thought yes. Alison Oliver was amazing. Yeah. Her f- debut job, yes. acting job, like, incredible. And she's so sweet. Have you watched any um, no, interviews with her? Really, really cute. Aww. Actually, <laughs> there's this funny one. Um, I think it's for Harper's Bazaar. And... They did it with Daisy Edgar Jones the year before as well. But one of the questions that they ask is, it's like a get to know me better. Yeah. It's like, um, what's your party trick? Yeah. <laughs> Alison Oliver's is, I can, what is it? Like, screech like a seal. And then she goes and does it like, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> but like, loud. And like, it's pretty fucking good. But it's also like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is like one of your first interviews and you're out of the block with that. I love it. And then I watched, Daisy Edgar Jones this one and her party trick was something real fucked up as well. It was like her screaming really loudly. <laughs> what the fuck? 
fuck is it? And I was just like, what are you both doing? Maybe Sally Rooney has a party trick where she can like do something fucking really noisy and she's just employed people. <laughs> Literally. That, like, must be her. I know. Really, really funny. I oh. just was like, what is going on? That's funny. Um, we should say, spoiler alert, like if you haven't watched it. Oh, yeah, don't We're going to be giving spoilers. It. Yeah, um, we will. We're kind of going to be going into the yeah. detail of everything. And I mean... I'm pretty sure everyone listening would kind of know what it is. Yes. Um, but if you don't, it is a book by the author Sally Rooney, someone we've talked about a lot on this podcast. I think it came out in 2017. Mm. And, yeah, the TV adaption came out, what, a few weeks ago? Yeah, literally real real recently. It's on Amazon Prime yeah. video. You can get a seven-day free trial. They haven't sponsored this, but it's really good to know you can get it for free. Yeah, you and can. And you can definitely watch it in that time as well. Oh, 100%. It's the same as normal people in terms of short half-an-hour episodes. Yeah. Um, eight? I don't know. Yeah, I don't 12? Know. Something like that. But it is good. Ten. Would recommend. Especially if you've read the book. Yeah. And I think my, my final like overarching thought is that for anyone that hasn't read the book, I don't blame you if you don't if you don't get gripped I by it. I absolutely agree. Yeah, like, you almost have to have read the book to give it the lo- the time of day. I, I think. think there are just some serious flaws with the TV show, mostly in terms of yeah relationship development, context, like mm. Bobby and Francis's relationship, like. I get that we're coming in kind of past when they get to know each other. It's almost like we're coming in at the tail end of their friendship story in a sense. But because we don't know and the But because we don't yeah, like and they don't make it very clear, you're almost like you're first of all like, why are you two even friends? You don't seem like friends, you don't tell each other anything and like all of the characters except for maybe Melissa Mm -hmm. We're incredibly awkward. Oh, awkwardness is like absolutely the main theme of this yes. TV show. And it was awkward in the book as well. There was yes. a lot of awkwardness. Sally Rooney does not shy away from no. awkwardness. But it was like a much lesser version. Yeah. <laughs> this and was just screaming like you almost had to hide your face behind a pillow in some <gasps> scenes. Because the book was actually quite horny, quite good at creating tension between yes. the characters it needed to. It just that, and it's not to do with the acting at all in the um, TV show, but the tension just wasn't there. The tension wasn't there. And like, Liv, we spoke about this in real life, and then I saw a TikTok about it because obviously we don't like getting our thoughts formed for us on TikTok and then relating relaying them to you here. Like I wouldn't do that. I like to come up with my own thoughts. I agree. And then, and then see what's going on yes. in TikTok. And then often I disagree with what's going yes. on in TikTok, but then often people have really good points yes. as well. And so this one was a really, really good point. And it was sort of to our chat that we already had where Francis in our heads was a bit more of a cool girl, a bit more of an it girl, a bit more confident. Yes. Like at least in her words. A little bit words. more quietly confident. Yeah, a little like, bit more quietly confident. Like obviously still an introvert, still awkward, but the delivery of this one line is what really, really solidified how different she was from the book to the screen adaptation. And it was when she was talking to Nick, and it's usually really flirty and she's quite confident um, in the book, and she... He says, like, oh, I thought you liked me for my personality. And she goes, do you even have one? And instead of delivering it in, like, a jabby, fun, sexy, flirty kind of, like, oh, do you have one, do you? Or, like, oh, do you even have one? Like, she – it was so awkward. She was like, oh, do you even have one? Then, like, looked down and then walked away. And and then then, got really flustered and then he looked really hurt. Yes. Because – 
As you would. As you would. Unless it was like a flirty like interaction, which it was in the book. And this TikToker was like, they were like screaming on TikTok mm. because they were like, holy shit. Like, that is not how either we perceived it as readers. Like, I don't know what Sally Rooney wanted us to see. But it was just like, she did not live up to the character that I feel like the book gave us. I definitely agree. And I think we should go more into this in detail um, after you've given us some of the differences oh, yeah. between the book and the TV show. Yeah. Because I, we've both read the book, but Lucy reread it not that long ago. Mm. Um, and I haven't read it for maybe a couple of years. So I thought it would be good, especially for me, to kind of refresh what the like kind of actual differences were yeah okay I'm excited to um talk about this so the first one is that Bobby in the book Mm -hmm. was Irish she wasn't Mm -hmm. an American Mm -hmm. and I loved this because apparently they met Sasha Lane who played Bobby and she was just everything that they needed I think she was cast pretty well oh fuck yeah yeah. I thought she was cast she's part she's half Maori Oh, my God. Yeah. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. Her mother was from New Zealand and her father's African-American, but she grew up in the States. States. Mm -hmm. Wow. See, that's really cool. And I love that um, they were open to adaptation there. They weren't like... Stuck on the characters that we definitely from the book. Well, this is what I thought they should have done with Nick because his accent was not great. No. I couldn't even figure out what... No. he was. was. He was meant to be Irish. Oh. He's English in real life, Joe Alwyn. Um, but his accent kept going in between. Was he meant to be Irish yeah. in the show? Yeah, his accent kept going in between English and Irish. Because at first I was like, what the fuck is going on? So I looked it up and everyone's commenting on how bad his accent is. Oh, no. um, and it really, for me, broke the fourth wall of that character. Because I thought he did a really good job. Yeah. And like a lot of people were saying that he was too stiff and whatever. That is literally how yeah. Nick's written yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just thought they should have just made him English. Yeah. Like, literally, they should have, because we're not yeah. that attached to where the characters come from 100%, in the book. 100%, as not we see point. with Bobby. Yeah. It was fine. She was American. I know. And it was actually great. So that was one um, change. Another change I um, said to you and Ruby during one of the episodes, I think, and I couldn't remember if I was, if I'd just forgotten how it actually went down, but no. So in the in my head, they were communicating through emails, like all the mm-hmm. time, Nick and Francis. And then in the TV show, they're communicating through text. And I think I said to you, like, wasn't it emails? Or maybe I'm thinking of her latest book because it's very heavily emails. True. But no, in this book and um, conversations, Nick and Francis communicate mostly via email. Yes. And they have text. sexy, steamy emails. Yeah. And. That was actually a huge thing that was in a lot of the reviews, and I definitely thought about this as well, was the lack of digital presence because in the TV show. Yeah. Because it's huge in the book, yeah. and it's talking about, you know, the rise of digital digital media and kind of like the reliance that especially, I don't want to generalise, but often introverts can have mm-hmm. on... Um, on emailing, on text messaging, on it. And I guess emailing is very much Sally Rooney's mm. kind of way to be yeah. like, this is classy. Yeah. Um, and I think that what the TV show did was kind of, they underestimated the audience's ability to understand what was going on if they did have more emails and more. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Because yeah. we're also heavily reliant on technology, the people yeah. that are watching. And I think they... Do you like, know what I mean? Yeah, like, you don't need that. to try and make it a little bit more highbrow by taking out the digital yes, element. Like, because that is a huge part of that. And I think that's why we didn't get a lot of the yes, development. Uh, absolutely. And I'm just like, 
Oh, I mean, I love emails, and mm-hmm. and I, there was so much dialogue when her latest book. What's it called? Um, Beautiful World. Where are you? Yeah, where there was so much um, dialogue about how young people don't use use email and blah blah blah. And I was like, do these people actually know young people? Because one, we all have to be on it for work. Two, I send a morning newsletter, so I'm obsessed with email. Yeah, and like. I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, there's a little bit of a disconnect between the audience and, like, giving us some credit for knowing and being able to read between the lines. Yes, absolutely. And then what they actually put out there. Yeah, I I would have loved – and but what I did love is how Nick and Francis, you could – see you could see that they can't communicate in words that well, mm-hmm. but they can communicate through text. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, like – I think it's great that they showed that because I agree that some people do communicate better in, like, writing than they do speaking. Absolutely. I think definitely, like, if you're really shy or if you're, yeah, you're very internal as Mm. a person, writing is often, like, your most powerful tool because you just – something about real-life interaction, maybe you're putting too much pressure on yourself or whatever's happening, but it's like – it annoyed me with this that they didn't allow this to blossom as much because I think that that made people judge both Francis and Nick as really boring people when they're not boring people, but they just can't express themselves. And we saw that whole internal world that they have created and that's why they get along with each other Mm. so well is because they're both hindered by their lack of ability to you know, communicate in real life, that it was like a way they could kind of blossom together. Mm. And Um, I think that's interesting because obviously Bobby constantly says that um, Frances won't open up emotionally and mm -hmm. won't express herself and she's not verbally expressive nor is Nick. But they do express themselves actually because they are both like artists in their own right. So Nick's an actor and Frances is a poet or a writer and it's like obviously like – I hate that they come across as boring as well because it's like, no, they're introverted and they express themselves in other ways, whereas Bobby and Melissa are both extroverted as... And can't quite understand why they are like they are. But then even though they have these really supposedly close relationships with them. I know. Do you know, Bobby really... This is a tangent. I have more to say. But Bobby Mm -hmm. really grew on me um, throughout. Me too. I remember not really liking her in the book. I can't... She was a super complicated person, yeah. but so was Frances. Yes. And I, yeah, I definitely came into the show being like, Bobby's a bit like, I don't know what, quite like manipulative. And quite just dominating to be around, I'd imagine. Yeah, and and kind of maybe took some of Frances's, she kind of felt ownership over Frances, yeah. I feel. But then throughout, I'm like, you're a way better friend than Frances. Yes. Like, you were actually invested in her life. You were... You cared when she you was sick. When you she really looked sick. after her. You were giving parts of your internal world to her. Yeah. You were telling her when you were kissing Melissa. Yes. Oh, that paid me oh, oh. I was just like Frances Open she's up. your fucking best friend like you're just letting this like stifle inside yeah. you and then you're creating this barrier between you and Bobby who really fucking cares about you mm. and then Bobby's just not able to like connect with Frances mm. because she's just totally shut off and like everyone this has nothing to do with the TV adaptation like this no. is what we were meant like this yes. is meant to um, have happened this is like yes. us purely talking about characters now and yeah. like in the book and the TV show same thing stands like this is how 
we're meant to feel. But yes. it's like, damn, like, Francis, give Bobby something. Yes. And, and it was even more painful yeah. in the TV show than yeah. it was in the book, I feel. Because you actually see Bobby being really caring towards the yeah. end. And calling Nick. I forget she does that. Like, calls Nick when, when yes. Francis is really sick. And at least with Bobby, she's straight up. Like, at yeah. least she fucking says what she thinks and shit. Yeah, she's quite judgmental and that's yeah. what Francis says to her. Um, but... At least she's actually there. Thinking and saying something. And present, yeah. Mm -hmm. So another thing that I noticed as well while I was watching it was um, the summer vacation they go on in the book is to France and not to Croatia. Oh, okay, okay. So when they went to Croatia, I was like... It was a bit unique. Yes, it was unique because I was like, I don't think Sally Rooney would write in Croatia. Like, France seems like an easy jump. I agree, and I don't know that much about Croatia, so I might be really wrong, but my idea of Croatia is like a Kiwi. (laughs) Yeah, literally, it's like going out on the fucking sailboats and like um, partying partying and yeah. So funny. Yeah, so when they went to Croatia, I was like, okay, but stunning. Oh my God, it looks Stunning. That house. No, I know. And Okay, so also in the book, and I forgot about this until I read about it. Um, Melissa is a magazine writer and she's working on a story, like a profile, about Francis and Bobby's poetry. Oh, see, that makes so much yeah. more sense as to why, why there's a connection. A, like, thank you. Because I was thinking while we were watching the TV show, why does Melissa care so much about Genuinely. being friends with these two? Yeah, like, you get the idea that she obviously thinks that they're both talented people. But, what, they just meet at a bar? Yeah. And it's just, like, it's quite an unlikely circumstance. Like, she watches them do poetry, but it's like, I thought it was more of a um, midlife crisis, like I want to connect with these young, cool people thing. But then, now knowing that in the book, Melissa was writing a damn profile on Francis and Bobby. And do you remember in the book, there was also photos with the profile, and Francis was shocked because... Like, she was also very present in the photos, whereas, like, she thought that the photos would all be focusing on Bobby because she's interesting looking and she's a... But they actually, like, Francis was noticed. And this is the thing that I also felt like they lacked on from in the screen adaptation to the book is, like, you know when Francis is, like oh my god, I can't believe that you think you're getting pushed out of my life because you're the centre of my world. But we just don't see that at all. No. Whereas I remember in the book... Bobby was. Bobby really was. And and they had this sort of like a bit toxic relationship where it was like they both felt this weird ownership over each other. Mm. Francis put Bobby on like this huge pedestal. Yeah. But at, it was always in like a, I can't be that because Bobby's that. Yeah. And like then, yes, always shocked when like people saw her. Yeah. And then it actually always came off as like she ended up being an asshole. Yes. Because she undervalued herself so much that she just like – couldn't be a good person. Yeah. And and like I Which think, you do see in the Yeah, I was TV gonna say show. we saw we didn't see the pedestal she put Bobby on. No. We didn't see why Bobby was the centre of her. We world. didn't see what even connected the two as friends. No. I know. Because they then were why like, they get back together and like No, you do that not was see, weird. That like, was You think they've grown apart and they break up yeah. and that's fine. You can swallow that. But then first of all it's like why are you such good friends still? And then yes. second of all it's like, why are y'all getting back together? Because, Genuinely because there was no build up to that. There was one kiss in yeah. Croatia, which didn't even happen in the book. Right. It's another thing that didn't happen. Interesting. Another thing, and I noticed, I was waiting for this, and the screen adaptation didn't come, was Nick gives Frances cash when her dad stops being able to fund her. Like, in the book, Nick literally is her sugar daddy for a while. Because that 
I was wondering, you know, she goes to the bank, they tell her that there's no money left in the account, and yet she's still functioning and she's still paying rent at her place. And I mean, and they talk about being broke once. Yeah, that's why obviously she sells the story about Bobby. True, but she doesn't but get that money for no, a while. She doesn't get that money for a while. Also, in publishing, you do not get paid your invoices quickly. Yeah. And then also, like, that's, she still had weeks where she was on zero dollars. So, yeah, in the book, Nick pays for because. It. Like yeah, because yeah, in the book there's more of a power imbalance. Yes, I feel yeah, yeah. between Nick and Francis. Whereas I mean, there's a power imbalance in both ways because he's obviously older. He's got money. He wants children. And he she wants can maybe give. Them yeah, he's got a wife. Yeah, like he's kind of like in the driving seat. But then she's also, you know, his breath of fresh air from obviously he's been really depressed. Yeah. and he feels like not a worthy person until she's in the picture so yeah. she's giving him that value because she's young and beautiful and whatever but but in the I, tv show it really does feel like he genuinely just likes her yes. like way more than the book yes whereas in the book you were never quite sure you yes. couldn't tell and it tried to keep creep through when melissa said oh nick just tells everyone what they want to hear yeah but that wasn't built on that was her only line to hear that nick might be a bad person yes yeah and so like i feel like maybe they tried to keep i do think they shied away and i don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing but they did shy away from some like um big themes like Mm -hmm. him giving her money and the power dynamic there is Mm. a really interesting one and then also and this is fine that they did this because they probably wouldn't have won the whole thing to be overshadowed with like content warnings and stuff. But Francis's self harming scene, they like really brushed over that quite lightly. Yeah. Did it quite quickly. I see a hundred percent. I see why they did that. Yeah, but also I, I did you think about that as well? I thought about that too. I also read an article on this as oh. well. Um, and this article was very like they shouldn't have shied away from it. Yeah, which I'm I totally get it as well. It's like there's a lot of dark shit going on kind of already. Yeah. But I think it would have given it that extra, like, reality mm. check. If they had given it, because it, it's interesting, because they gave it such a tiny moment that yes. it was like you should have either, either left it out like you did with a lot of the things from the book because you were fitting in too much yeah. in this small series. Yeah. Or you should have dedicated an episode to unpacking that. I feel like it was so weird in the f- in the screen adaptation because we didn't see much of Frances's inner turmoil. No. Where in the book, she's constantly, like, she's picking at her skin. Yes. She's, like... She's anxious. She's anxious. She's... The, the self-harm is yeah. kind of a theme throughout. And it's because she's got all of this inner shit mm. going on, which they just don't give us access to in the yeah. film. So it's like they could have used that as a way to give us mm. access to what was going on because they would have had to balance it out. You can't just have someone self-harming with kind of no, like, context. Yeah. Um, which I think in a perfect world, if they were able to do that, but then also maybe able to show some of the lighter sides to Francis too, yeah. like the cooler sides yeah. and the like more yeah. Yeah, it girl sort of yeah. thing. Um, but because they didn't really show... They didn't well, show I mean, any, it all comes back to the... Um, the book being written in first person, yeah. and it must be an incredibly hard job to perfectly adapt that. And I just don't think this with a really introverted character. Yeah, like yeah, I'm always thinking. Again, I think it would have been that reliance on the digital technology yeah. that they could have really utilized a lot more. Yeah, but I'm not a fucking filmmaker. No, so. <laughs> I know. But it is like if they just had the emails and they were read out as if they were Francis's yeah. thoughts or something. Like yeah. these little ways. Again, and just, we're not just we're not fucking filmmakers. And also, just like I remember Francis being 
I remember her not being particularly that confident with Bobby because obviously she puts her on this pedestal mm-hmm. and has this weird thing with her. But then I remember her being much more confident with Nick. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She was more confident so with So it's Nick. like if they could have... But Frances thought she was cool when she was around mm-hmm. Nick in the book. Mm-hmm. And when she's around Nick in this TV show, she thinks she's a baby or not worthy or something. Yes. And it's like, that's just not the case Yeah, the she book. came across more immature on screen. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, and this is just a small thing, this is my last thing that was different, is that do you remember in the book there's like a scene, and I think this is very Sally Rooney, and um, – Frances reads her mum's Bible and takes her mum's Bible and, like, starts reading it. And it sort of brings in that, like, Frances is a scholar vibe. She's really interested in, like, making sense of the world in whatever right. way she can. Like, yes. But they left the Bible and all that completely out of the yeah. um, show. Like, there's none of that. But you know how Sally Rooney, like, tries to give deeper meaning to, like, lots of things and bring in all these fucking things that we've never thought of before totally i feel like that was one of her things that she did in this book and what i did like in the screen adaptation for this is um and i don't remember thinking about it in this book but i remember thinking about it in beautiful world where are you uh-huh is it where are you yeah why can i never remember that name it's, it's a random name beautiful world, where are you um they go into her Marxist views or the character's Marxist yes. views. And we spoke a lot about Marxism in the Sally Rooney episode we did. But it was really conveyed really clearly in um, Conversations with Friends, the screen adaptation, because Frances like, puts herself on a, on a pedestal a little bit because she won't publish her work because she doesn't believe that her goods should be commodified yes. and sold and packaged. But then when it comes to push comes to shove and she needs to make money, but she does. But also that's the only time we see her actually excited. Yeah, I know. So it's like that's a kind of – it's a more realistic um, portrayal of that because obviously, yes, you can not like – Things being commodified, but in the world we live in, we still get pleasure yeah. from commodities. And it's because own things it's hard to change the system on yes. your own. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, which I don't like judge her for yeah. at all. But yeah, even like the political element of this yeah. book, I think everything was just really dulled down. Yes. Yes. And also, like, in case you're confused, um, they I think they talk about her being a communist as a joke in the um show but actually what Francis is sort of talking about and what Sally Rooney believes in is Marxism which is what me and Lip are talking about just in case you're like you two got it wrong it's like no communism Marxism anyway yeah um but yeah love I agree like dull down and maybe it's because they just couldn't figure out how to properly translate I know they did it so well with normal people this is the thing and I went back and watched normal people right after but the there is so much more dialogue like going from conversations with friends to normal people it feels like um what are their names marianne and connell Connell are really extroverted oh my god (laughs) genuinely like marianne is talk talk talking oh my and then like (laughs) we would not have thought that no we just not at all yeah it's way sexier too eh? oh so much sexier i think what really lacks is we were saying about like the tension right because francis comes off as immature the sexual tension doesn't translate because, like, especially that first scene when he comes to her house. Yes. Um, and he's in that coat. Yes. And, like, the whole scene's really awkward, right? But Is that what she says? Head, you look fucking hot. Yeah, you look fucking hot. And then um, in her head, she's like, 
you can tell that she thinks this awkwardness, and maybe him too, is sexual tension. Yeah. Like, if you were either of the characters, it would probably be quite yes. an electric scene. But from an onlooker's point of view, it's just fucking, so awkward. fucking awkward. But I think that comes down to the fact, like, she'd never slept with a guy before. Um, she'd never had a relationship yeah. with anyone besides Bobby. Yeah. And so this was all, she was still very like, you know, oh my God, yeah. like a boy's in my house, like blah, blah, blah. And it's like, she wasn't, I don't remember her being like that no. in the book. And therefore I couldn't get into the sexual tension because. Because no. I think in the book it was her power. She was so confident. She's like, I've never been with a man before or whatever. Like, yeah. And using it as in like, this is cool for me and it should be really cool for you. Yeah. But in and the book. No, and then on I the, mean, in the screen, uh, yeah. screen, in the show. And I think in the show, again, like, the sex was dialed down, and yes. I remember it being a little bit fucked up. Like, I remember, like, the dynamics in the bedroom. Mm. And, like, you know, we do see her cry, but I remember that happening quite a yeah. lot. And, like, there was kind of a lot of, like... Yeah. Like, undercurrents of, does he even like me? Like, yes. that whole thing. But, uh, yeah, the book... Um, the book definitely made the book was hornier, like so much for hornier. sure. Yeah, um, and normal people, I think we spoke about this as we were watching it too, was like so good and so relatable, maybe because we watched them grow up. Whereas in conversations with friends, you're literally watching them like over a period of months, few months exactly. Whereas normal people was over probably like, like high five school years. to uni. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense why maybe we see more character development in the other one and more dialogue, but it's just, it's so, I mean, still though, if you've read the book, it's definitely you should go and watch the oh, show. Oh, absolutely should. Haven't. The cinematography is beautiful. Oh, and it's in the same world. It's, it's in the same world, world, yes. And I love that so much. Yeah. It feels like the same street, a different house yes, sort of thing. Literally. Which it feels so familiar when you've already watched normal people. And it's so fun to watch and pick apart with your friends. So, like, so fun. One of my favorite scenes in the screen adaptation was right at the end when she's talking to Melissa on the phone. Oh my God, yeah. I thought that was the one of the only times in the series where I'm like, thank fuck, she's actually talking, one. Yeah. Two, she's actually understanding that she's an asshole. Yes. And like, it was like her whole world didn't click because she was always in this victim yes. mentality, especially in her friendship with Bobby because yeah. she always saw herself as like second best or whatever. But then really, she again, undervaluing herself. So then she was doing all of this shit that had major consequences. But because she didn't value herself, she didn't think that it meant anything. Yeah. And then suddenly she's like, I've torn these people's lives yeah. apart. And because you can be really self-centered. Like so, she was very self-centered. Yes, that, um, that insecurity, self-centeredness yes. that that comes with like... Yeah, like my, I don't matter, so my actions don't matter. So yeah. I've got no repercussions. And yes. it's like, bro, you're ruining these people's lives. Genuinely. And she she switches like that when she's talking to Melissa. Right? Yeah. It's like, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, oh my God, I don't know why I've called you and why have I done this? And like, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. that was a really good scene. And I thought Jemima Kirk was such oh, a good Melissa. She's my girl crush. Oh, I am obsessed with her. So great. Oh. And like Melissa came off as very likable in the TV show. Whereas Second half, I found her likable. First okay. half, I was a bit like, I think it's because I wanted Francis and Nick to get together. So I was like, right. what are you doing yeah. getting in the way, you wife? The one thing that I hated when Melissa said that she saw Nick as too pathetic Oh my god. I thought that was god. the most awful thing. And I think that that was a kind of nod into like, because you're like, why are these two people together? Yeah. And then that was a kind of, um, she came across as the villain there, mm. a very sinister undercurrent because maybe she was just with Nick because he made her feel good about herself. Well, 
And then I'm thinking, is, and this might be a stretch, but like, is Nick and Melissa literally Francis and Bobby? Like, has Nick put Melissa oh, on this pedestal? So and many the, parallels. Yeah. yeah. And, and he's letting himself just fade into the background. Yeah. And, and or then, is that what happens? Is that what's going to happen if Francis and Bobby stay together for 10 years? Right. Because like, it's like, does Bobby have any self-respect for Francis? How can she, Yeah, I mean, respect for Francis when Francis doesn't have any self-respect? And it was sort of like... It did, see, it did seem like we had a bit of a breakthrough with those two when yeah. um, they were trying to decide what their relationship was going to be yeah. going forward. Um, and also you saw Francis at least give her mum five words instead of three oh words my like God. towards the end. Francis and her parents. I mean, the storyline oh, of her dad is heartbreaking. So, yeah. And I just wanted to, like, shake Frances yeah. to be like, again, she was so in her own yeah. world and so how her dad was making her feel mm. that she couldn't step out and be there for him. Yeah. And it's obviously difficult because he's the parent in this yeah. situation. And obviously – and also really weird, that scene when her mum says um, – when she asks her mum, was he always like this? And her mum says, I don't remember. Yeah, I found yeah. that so weird. I wanted some expansion on that. Same. But I do think it was such a relief to see Bobby, I mean, to see Frances calling her mum's name that one time. Yes, when, she's when in she pain. was having really bad period pain. Yes. I was like, thank God you're actually asking someone for mm. help. Like, yeah, I mean, we could. I reckon we could have touched on the parents a lot more. Oh, definitely. My ideal ending yeah. would be, because it's all left very ambiguous, as um, Sally Rooney likes to do, but honestly it would be that all four of them get in one huge mansion, have a polyamorous relationship between the four of them, Nick and Francis and live happily ever after. can like raise a kid, Bobby and Melissa can, I don't know, get together yeah and then like also francis and bobby can be together nick and francis can i know be it would be like the strange sort of foursome but it yeah. might actually work for them yeah, because like, they're obviously not satisfying all of their needs yeah. in these monogamous relationships so i think they all get in a villa they all go to croatia like low-key live together the only thing will be is francis and melissa will need to figure out what their relationship yeah. is and bobby and nick bobby will need to start respecting nick could be a sort of like mentor mentee relationship yeah because i think you don't all have to get together no like <laughs> no. i mean it's not the rule fun. if they do go off but like you know they both have their two relationships yeah and then they have their friendship with like bobby and nick each other i don't know and Melissa and God. Oh, anyway, that's my um. That's how I see it going. If we had a sequel, I know. If only we could interview Sally Rooney and be like, "Would this be viable?" I know. I feel like she, <laughs> I feel like Sally Rooney would not. Sally Rooney would not even give us an answer to that. No, like, you're not packaging enough. up and selling a sequel. Yeah, genuinely, like this is the beauty of the book. It's left as it is. Oh, oh yeah, no, but. Great. Go watch it. Great. It's actually, honestly, for all that we've said, it's our job to analyse this shit. So naturally, it, it sounds like we have digs at it, mm. which we do, but it's like also worth your watch. It's, it's also definitely watch. worth your watch. I think I can understand how some people won't like it. If you haven't read the book, probs read the book, yeah. then watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, love, what's on your radar? What's coming up, Dal? Oh, so talking of Sally Rooney and that whole universe. So the Cannes Film Festival, um, there's been a couple of works with Paul Meskel in one called God's Creatures, which is a thriller, um, which is following a mysterious man who <laughs> is... Paul Meskell. And then there's Not so also... mysterious anymore. We figured out who you are. <laughs> <I know. laughs> and then um, there's also another show called After Sun. I'm not actually sure whether it's a show or a movie, but After Sun 
And apparently he's cast as a divorcee on a summer holiday in Turkey with his young daughter. Oh. Um, and apparently both films have had rave reviews. So oh, he's so got films. a daughter in yeah, that. in that. I know. And that I was to age him up. Yeah, well, this, this was an article in Vogue. Oh. And the picture of him, he looks old like not in a bad way and he's engaged to phoebe bridges which is just the coolest shit of my life oh my god so so cool so that's what's on my radar also there's a sasha lane movie who plays bobby everyone in case you yeah know. so sasha lane's movie american honey which i'd be quite keen to see because i'd love to see her in a different mm. role um what's on your radar Luce? Um, I also have something from the Cannes Film Fest, oh. the Elvis documentary with, oh. or no, not documentary, the Elvis movie with yeah. Austin, Austin Butler. Butler, only because I've heard that it's trash. Oh, have you? Oh, abs- so it got a 12-minute standing ovation, apparently, at the Cannes Film Festival. Everyone is saying, like, yeah, that that often happens, like, right. you know, it's a big spectacle And event. it's been really hyped up, and it's Baz Luhrmann. Yeah, and so apparently, well, I don't know because I haven't seen it, and we will definitely jump on and have a wee chat about it when we do see it, but, like, all the articles or the convo I've seen about it until I saw that it got that huge standing ovation was that it was not good and it was Shit. trash. And so I'm like, damn, but do you know Austin Butler, um, so because the – release of this was oh, because the like filming and stuff was pushed out because of covid he lived for two years like living breathing like Elvis, Elvis sort of vibes so now he accidentally and i heard interviews and it's really weird he slips into the Elvis accents it kind like, of freaks me out the whole like is method it method i don't acting? know if he did method but that freaks me out too because it's like you're rewiring your brain yes, not to, to be, be someone yes, else yes whereas we're all play about pretend. we're all about like trying to figure yourself out mm. But that's what scares me about acting, I think, so in general. Yeah. Like becoming someone else it's and like then not being able to get back. And listening to Zendaya talk about all of like the really fucked up scenes in Euphoria and like her having to reconcile that this isn't me beating up my mum. Yeah. Like all of that sort of yeah. shit. And I'm just like, fuck, true. Like that would be hectic. Oh my God, yeah. To be like, I'm capable of these things as I a mean, human being, but it's not me. No wonder we see people that undergo like method acting practices like yeah like he actually yeah like lose themselves yeah so anyway but i still want to watch it also love island on my radar oh yeah is that coming out next it's week? coming out yeah the sixth oh fuck no yeah. i'm actually dying i need so a good excited. dose of reality tv Liv, i need it to heat me up i know it's getting pretty cold here in new zealand oh, god so i can't wait anyway team um if you loved this episode you should give us some ratings, some reviews. You should come and be a Cisco supporter. We're giving you playlists that are really vibey. As always, huge thank you to Tiahe Butler, our legendary producer. Liv, thank you as always for joining me. Thank you, Luz. See y'all next week. See you then. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.